Welcome to the Live Curiously podcast by Joyce. I'm Julie Gilhart, and people call me a fashion industry veteran. I focus on championing and fostering the power of entrepreneurial creativity within the global fashion industry. From my 18 years as fashion director at Barney's, to the consulting I've done in the area of responsible fashion and emerging talent, and now as Chief Development Officer at Tomorrow Holdings and President of Tomorrow Projects, I've seen a great deal of talent within the industry. This third season of the Live Curiously Live Connected podcast, we will be focusing on designers who care. I will engage in conversation with designers whose unique approaches in fashion in reaction to slow wear and circular economy open up opportunities for customers, buyers, retailers, and other designers to explore ideas of what responsibility means in fashion today and how sustainability is interpreted in the fashion system. Designer Duran Lantink is changing the way we think about dead stock materials. Curiosity and care are at the core of every item Duran produces. He gives new life to damaged, excess, or otherwise unusable items and is able to create a new narrative. He's extremely innovative and thoughtful. There is an intention in every collection which makes the pieces stand the test of time. His most recent project with Joyce is no exception. I speak with Duran over Zoom while he is in his studio in Amsterdam. Tam from Tennis Plane and surrounded by piles of clothing, Duran tells me all about the work he's done to produce this beautiful upcycle luxury collection with Joyce, unlike any other collaboration he's done. Later on, we discuss how his craft and curiosity, even from childhood, has gotten to where he is now. Hi, Duran. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. Where are you? At the moment, I'm in my studio in Amsterdam. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's going well. We just finished the Joyce collaboration, which is good. So basically, it's really nice weather here. So we're kind of chilling for a week and then starting on a new project again. I'm so happy to talk to you about the Joyce thing because I know that they're, they're really focusing on craft, creativity, and care. Mm-hmm. And, and you've always done that. <laughs> so maybe we should start there. So what are you doing for Joyce? Basically, Joyce asked me to do 60 pieces for them with their damaged items and their dead stock. So yeah, for me, it was really interesting because it was different than the other collaborations I did. So it was more focused on streetwear, but then also coats, t-shirts, hoodies, pants, which was, I think at the beginning, I was very obsessed with doing dresses. Um, and I'm still obsessed with doing dresses and coats, but I think it was really, really fun to do like a more of a fast, I don't want to call it fast fashion in a way, but like it was kind of a, a fast with care upcycling collection, which was great. And then I think we did like 20 pieces, which are really, really like extremely crafted. We took really like days just to make one coat, which was really amazing and i think also the choices of brands that they have and they already have such a good quality pieces so it was a great to work with so when you do that when you like they sent you 60 pieces was every one of them like a surprise or did you know what you were receiving or did you like take them out and examine each one and kind of what's your process do you immediately imagine 
how that would look. And, you know, like say, for instance, you get, like say a damaged piece of Chanel or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the integrity of the brand or do you try to transform it into something new that's not expected? I think it's depending really on the collaboration where if you collaborate with just one brand, I think it's really important to show the DNA of the brand, but then in a different perspective. So more of my perspective of that brand, but still very respectful. And with collaborations with multi-brand stores, it's more about their image. And that's a mix between different designers. So it's really, in that way, it's really fun because you can totally transform it into something else where it maybe loses the identity of a certain brand. But we still treat it like with a lot of respect because I think I'm very lucky that people are trusting me with these pieces to create something new. So it's really depending on if it's a multi-brand store or if it's a label, like a fashion house like Chanel, for instance. Mm -hmm. I actually dreamed as a kid. It's just really funny, actually, because I thought about it last week. I was cooking and I was like, what was my dream again? Like, you know, sometimes you have to kind of realize like what was your dream again like and then i realized like i think i was like 10 years old and my biggest dream was to become the head designer of chanel like that was when (laughs) i was 10 (laughs) so it's basically (laughs) i was like cooking i was like hmm do i would i still want to do that like i mean would be a great opportunity obviously but yeah and on a sustainable way and in a new way maybe you should call them and tell them they'll repurpose all their merchandise they can't sell that would be amazing. <laughs> it would, you know, it would be th- so great. I know. And, so actually, I did a lot of Chanel pieces because there's one grandparent from my friends and she has like everything Chanel. So basically, she was throwing away a lot of Chanel pieces after like 40 years. So she wore it like loads of years, but she really didn't want it in her closet anymore. So we got it to recreate pieces out of it, which was fun. But it's, it's like it's a hard brand. Do you, can we see your studio a little bit? Yeah, we're now basically working on a, on a bag project. Oh. We're repurposing all damaged items of bags and then creating new ones out of them. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. <laughs> were you born in Amsterdam? No, I'm born in The Hague. It's um, a city near the beach. It's like a 40 minute drive from Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Did you grow up there? Yeah. So basically, I grew up in The Hague. I did high school. I was a, I was a horrible student. I, <laughs> I don't know. I've been to like, I don't know, like six or seven schools before I started doing the academy. And then I moved to Amsterdam at the age of 18, I think. And then I directly started doing a Rietveld Academy. And I mean, that was more my kind of world where I guess I belonged there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I felt more safe and more at home in an artist environment yeah. uh, rather than in a school system in a way where I guess Rietveld Academy is not really a school. It doesn't have this typical academy education, which it, it's really, really free. So that was really, I guess that really worked for me. Yeah. So that's where you kind of learn to start. When did you start repurposing things? Oh, at a really young age, because basically... I started at the age of 11 repurposing a diesel, the jeans labeled diesel. Yeah. Basically, my, my stepdad had like, I don't know, like 40 pieces of jeans that he never wore. And then I started creating little skirts out of them, like school skirts in a way, <laughs> like pleated ones. But it was before, I swear it was before like diesel started doing it as well. And I started my little, like my little brand in The Hague, where 
I then decided not to go to school anymore because it went very well for a month. And then <laughs> <laughs> so before 18, you were doing, you had your own brand that you were working with. Yeah, for a season. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was really like, I was really into it. But then I guess I was a little bit too much into it where my mom said, well, you need to go back to school, uh, honey. You went back to school. You also got a master's degree, right? Mm. Which yeah. is kind of amazing. I mean, from yeah. being not a good student to actually having a master's degree. I'm, I think it, for me, it really has to do with, I, I guess it's age or something. I, I just started to realize the importance of studying. And actually, I'm now looking into different studies to just keep on going with studies. You know, maybe, I don't know, philosophy or whatever. I just always think that studying is really, really important. And I never realized that as a kid. Like, yeah, it was just more about having fun and uh, not realizing that you could have fun on a creative way. But uh, no, I did my uh, master's degree at Sandberg Institute. There was um, a program called Fashion Matters from Christopher Coppens. And there I really started to reflect on the work I was doing during the academy. So they basically told me like, I think at the beginning I was doing the repurposing and people would say, uh, it's nice, but don't really talk about it because it's, it's a bit dirty. You know, you need to make something new and it's, it's not good if it's, if it's repurposed, but it looks nice, but don't talk. And then during the masters, people told me like, actually, that's like, that's your golden ticket. You have to talk about what you're doing. No, that's right. You do have to talk about what you're doing. You do have to talk about this because it's actually a very uh, important subject or matter. Or So I guess I started talking about it and then people started slowly appreciating what I'm doing. We first met at the LVMH Prize. Yeah, um, I was so nervous. How was that? And, and you had to do a lot of talking there to a lot of people. Yeah. For me, I was very nervous. I think I just came at this point where I'm sort of calling myself an artist now, where I had like a lot of trouble accepting the fact that I maybe am an artist rather than a designer. Or like, I think designers are also part of a community of artists. But as an artist, you're very fragile. And if you don't know anyone in the business, because I basically never met anybody in the, in the in the fashion industry. So basically I was standing there on my own, you know, not knowing Bethany or not knowing uh, Matthew or whatever. And all these people coming towards you, asking questions and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> it's good, but it's very intense. And I think overall the reactions were good, but still it's very, I mean, I'm still not really used to it. It's still kind of a process. It's a good experience, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. Maybe it's like the actors, you always hear some actors and actresses always saying that they will never get over stage fright. No, I, I think that's kind of the same thing. And you were actually really nice because you, you were the one, <laughs> the one member that texted me, congratulations, and uh, I'm, I love your work and everything. So that made me feel... Uh, a bit more welcome in a way. You know, I've been working on the LVMH Prize for, I guess, six or seven years. And it's nice to see this new type of fashion, which yeah. is actually what you're creating. And I mean, all designers are artists. And, yeah, 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 But, for you sure. know, like art, a traditional artist, they have businesses to run, so... Exactly. I see myself as a designer, but I think it's better to call it an artist because... Fashion is a form of art and it's, it's actually a very, very, very yeah. important form of art, which is 
along the way became a sort of a mass production and a huge company where people are backing away of the, the word art or artist. But I think it's very important to make it more aware. Yeah, I mean, you're just a different level. It's sort of like you are kind of like a master because you understand fashion and yet you can transform it. Like maybe if you could talk a little bit about the process that you did when they sent you you know, you got all the pieces. So they had to ship all the pieces over to you, right? <laughs> and so then what happens after that? So basically, normally it starts me going into a, a warehouse or a, a space. And then I start selecting, you know, I, you just see like different patterns or you see the different uh, materials or materials that really don't work with each other and then therefore really interesting um, and with Joyce, it was, they sent me photos. So I had to do it from photos, which was also very interesting. And then I got all the pieces and then obviously like it's different materials, but there were so many great pieces and I just directly start. So I just directly start puzzling. It's just a simple puzzle. It's just seeing what works with what, you know, how can we transform an arm into a, a skirt? How can we combine the leather with the PVC? You know, it's just constantly thinking of, how to recreate all these materials, which is really fun. So do you, um, if you do have a particular piece, like say if it's Chanel or Margiela or yeah. something like that, do you think about what maybe Margiela would do if he had to redo no. it? Or do you just think like, oh, this is what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, 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 we, uh, no, no, to be honest, no. I just really don't think about it because it's done. It's so important to be free. Yes. Um, it's so important to, to get out of the box of um, all these hierarchies and all these egos and not in an offensive way, but it's a fashion house is kind of an ego where yeah. it's very important that, a Prada is not being mixed with another label because it's just that, you know, it's that image and yeah. we don't want to see anything else. And I think within the luxury position I have where I can actually mix those labels, it's very important also to, you know, not to think about too much if it's a Gucci or whatever. But sometimes, obviously, you think, oh, it's great to put one label next to the other label. So I do think a bit in those kind of forms Yeah. to, to find the kind of a controversy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really care too much about if it's the same kind of feel for that brand because then they should invite me to do a collaboration with their brand and then I can go into their DNA and into their identity and create something from my perspective, which is still in their world. Yeah. So that's so funny that you said you dreamed as a child about Chanel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you should do that. Let's talk about that after the call. Yeah, we should. Well, what yeah. you're doing is so important because there's so much inventory and there's a lot of inventory on great things. Mm -hmm. But what happens with the inventory that can't be worn, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if it's damaged or... If it actually, maybe the armholes are too tight and they're not fitting properly. I mean, all those things, it's just, so, it's just a waste. It's such a waste. And it's so sad that we are still at a certain point. Obviously, things cost time and people need to change. And you can't change from Monday to Tuesday. You know, there are big companies. But I guess what for me is so important that I had a lot of conversations during this year and a half with companies. And... Basically, it always comes to one thing, which is 
numbers and value. So basically, you don't want to rid off the clothes because then there's the value of the company that goes down. I don't, I mean, it's maybe a dangerous territory to talk about this, but I think it's even worse if you burn it and then the value stays in a way because you don't have to write it off. I hope just, the, I hope the finance people are just <laughs> going to wake up and realize that it's, it's not bad for a company. It's actually better for a company to do something and make sure it goes back into a store and resell it yeah. instead of just being there, doing nothing, and then disappearing all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, it's really calling on people to do things differently. And yeah. re, you have to reorganize yourself. But that's what's really cool about Joyce. Yeah, They absolutely. actually are a retailer that thought about, like, what do we do with this merchandise you know, I'm sure there's places that you can sell it to, but mm-hmm. instead, just like saying there's really, there's some value in this and there's even more value in having it be touched again and having yeah. a completely exclusive one-of-a-kind piece. That's what true luxury is. I know, I know. And I think I'm so, I'm also so happy and I'm so honored to do this with Joyce because I think especially in a time as we're living now, people are so focused on, they're almost forgetting the fact that we are, you know, that we have global warming and that uh, they're like, okay, how can we get back on this economic crisis? And and then for Joyce to make a bold move like this and say, hey, we are actually going to give you our debt stock and we're, you can create unique pieces for us, 60 pieces. I think that's really brave and, and, and actually the way to go. Um, also not seeing it as a project, but also thinking about the mindset and creating a relationship because that in the end is I think very important that we start building relationships and conversations so that we can make process because it's not about hype. It's about transforming something into a new form, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. Do you work with a lot of celebrities? Because I, I was just thinking that, you know, they always want something that's never ever seen by before or yeah. again? So I've worked with Billie Eilish, which I think is a really great voice for the younger generation and for the sustainable future. But to be honest, a lot of celebrities want everything free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little bit also against my policies. Where <laughs> as it, I think as it should be. Yeah, it's not like, I don't, I don't make clothes that you just wear for one evening, you know, if you buy a dress, you should at least wear it for 10 years or maybe longer, you know, give it to your grandchildren or whatever, make something new out of it. And that's like the mentality of what I'm trying to bring over. To bring that essence of thought. Yeah. And so I can't give something away for free just for one party. Well, but that's also too, I mean, I think the healthiest, you know, you are a business and you have to be profitable. You can't be unprofitable and keep the lights on. No. It's really difficult. So it's that that balance of being responsible. Do you also work, I think I read somewhere where you were working with communities, maybe in Africa and... Yeah. What do you yeah, do? What, so, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So basically, Sisterhood, which is um, a transgender sex workers organization in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met me and Jan Hoek. So Jan Hoek is my partner who works with me on this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And we've met the girls in 2015. And they're a group of uh, 35 transgender sex workers in Cape Town. Mm. Um, they live under the bridge near the Castle of Hope, so they're homeless. 
And basically, when we got there, uh, we really wanted to collaborate, but not in a way that we wanted to address the situation and then do nothing with it. So we just thought and we, we discussed with the group of girls like, okay, what can we do? How can we, how can we make this in a long going relationship? And how can we help you in what way? And then, so we decided they had to do a proposal um, where 35 of the girls had to give their biggest dream. So what, if you have all the money in the world, what would your dream look like? And then on the hand of the 35 um, proposals, the 35 girls could select six girls and those would be the ambassadors of the sisterhood. So basically there are like six girls and we created dream outfits for them. And then we also created a collection with pieces we found in the streets of Cape Town. And then we repurposed it into a collection. And then we made a book with them, which is really, really, a really great book. I should give you one, actually. And now we got finally after three years because they want to have a big show in the castle. So basically they live next to the castle and then you have like the Duchess or Diana. So they have all these royal names and they're just pretending to be in the castle, but they live next to it, like next to the fort. So we arranged that we can do the show now in the castle. Wow. Um, yeah, in Cape Town. So we were we were supposed to do it in November, but because of the COVID-19 uh, situation, it's not possible. So then we called with the girls and we asked like, okay, maybe we should make it more sustained. So what we're now doing, we're now writing an open letter asking brands or super brands to help us create an atelier in Cape Town for the girls to start working on their own collections. So they can choose if they want to do sex work or they can choose if they want to be a hairdresser and not being forced to be, do sex work or, do, or, or be a drug dealer. So we're kind of working now with that, which is really great. And I'm, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's just the girls are like part of my heart. And That's I amazing. Just really You'll have to film yeah. that for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going. I'm, I'm going to send you the book so you can read the whole story. It's really, it's a really amazing collaboration. Yeah. So have you been to Hong Kong? Never. I wish I could have been there because I, I mean, I heard so many great stories about Joyce and I really want to meet the team and I think they're doing a window display and it's just so, it's so, it's so sad. I can't be there. I flew over Hong Kong once, but I mean, I guess that's not being part of Hong Kong. Well, you, you'll, be, wish, you'll be yeah. there. You'll be there one day when we can all yeah. travel again. Yeah, it would um, be so great. I'm so sad that I'm not able to go to Hong Kong because I think also, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but I think my aesthetics could really work in Hong Kong. Well, yeah. the thing is that they're doing creativity, craft and care. Mm -hmm. and yeah. That's very... Yeah, much a part of the Asian culture. Yeah, I um, think so too. Yeah, you know, and which is also very important for me. So basically, in the studio, we make everything here in the studio by hand. So we work with, let's say, twelve people. We make everything here, which is, I mean, everybody has this own technique, you know. So we have like a a girl who's really good in embroideries. We have a really good pattern maker, actually the old pattern maker of Victor and Rolf. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So, so they're basically, we're gathering all these small groups together. It's like coming a little bit bigger and bigger, which is really nice. And I think for me, it's so important to find people who really care about material and who really care about the craftsmanship because, because I do and other people should care about. If you buy into something which is expensive or luxury, it's about a positive future and it's about care it's about a practice it's about time for me it's all these things so i really really 
loved doing this uh, collection for Georgia. So will you continue showing your own collection? I'm doing a collaboration with a smaller brand, which is being published in September. Mm. I'm still trying to find different ways of producing, but I'm still a bit stubborn and thinking, yeah, I just want to work with the multi-brand stores because it's just, you know, it's there, it's laying there and it's so important. Well, this is your first time with Joyce. And I mean, yeah. Joyce as a leader has always yeah. been a store that hasn't had any fear. no. Which is great. And they're luxury-based. Yeah. So it would be nice if you could continue this project. And I think so. Because I think what you're creating are collectibles. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a very cool thing. There's always going to be a need for inventory. Yeah. And I think also people don't want to waste anything anymore. No. There's going to be a big change in the way people perceive things. I mean, who knows? I mean, we could have never predicted this. So no. we really can't predict no. the future. But it just seems that people will change the way they perceive things a little bit more. Yeah. I think so, too. I think that's it's very important. Um, on the other hand, it's also scary if you see lines standing in front of fast fashion stores. You're also kind of worried about... Are people really caring? But I think it's always starting with like a smaller, higher group that's, you know, like Billie Eilish, that bring awareness to a bigger audience, which I think eventually will be better. And How is she to work with? She's, she's so no, talented, but unusual. I work with the stylist, mm -hmm. um, but I, I guess she likes it. She was kind of easy. So she sent me also her old clothes. So we got like a super brand from her that she wore and then we repurposed it into something new. I mean, I guess she's nice. I think Solange was also, um, I did one thing for Solange. Uh, she just saw a pair of shoes and then, a pair, and then all of a sudden the stylist, her assistant came. I was so psyched that Solange, you know, is, I mean, I mean. People say Beyonce is the queen, but I think Solange is the queen. So, well, they're both uh, royalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally, for sure, both royalty. They're both royalty. Uh, My gosh. No, and also one thing I wanted to say about collaborating with multi-brand stores and also with Joyce and what the importance of these collaborations are is also that you have conversations with brands, but also with the people who work in the store, with the customer. So it's kind of a 360 way where you know what, what works and what doesn't work. And still you can creatively think of things yeah. that you can push as new things. But I think, you know, what I've seen is that it's very important that you build the relationship and that it's not just a one-time thing. And also within other multi-brand stores, it's just a collaborative thing. You know, it's just, we have the conversation, we see what's going wrong, what's going right. How can we play with it or how can we react on it? I think it's very important that those kind of conversations are there. Yeah, I mean, that's also very key. And um, we have all the data of consumer yeah. purchasing. But yeah. there's something about actually talking to the person. Talking, so important. Yes, and actually connecting with yeah. people that are selling it. I mean, everyone talks about building their own business online, which I think is really important too. But still you're so informed by being together. And that's this whole mm -hmm. thing about this pandemic where yeah. we're relating yeah. to each other, but we're not together in no. person. No, 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 exactly. We are, we are in a different place in the world. Yeah. You know, the building brands online and building brands offline. I don't know why, but I always refer to things when I was a kid. I still think I'm kind of a child, but <laughs> when I was very young, now, I don't know what age, but my mom brought me to New York 
And I know the feeling that I was just searching. Yeah. I was just constantly searching for these shops. And then you go into a shop and then you see a brand that you never heard of. The internet wasn't really there at that point. So basically, it was just constantly searching for new brands. And I'm really touching it and going into a physical shop, you know, where there's somebody who sells it. There are people around you. It's like the whole atmosphere where I think in a digital world, we're not there yet. It became very still focused. It's not a, a different entire world. Yeah, and I think that's the importance of stores like Joyce. Go in to experience something and see the beauty around it. Your ideas are forward thinking. I'm sure a lot of people would like to copy your ideas, but it's impossible. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard work, though, but yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be crazy? As if there's one type of designer that creates the merchandise and then the customer enjoys it for as long as they can. Yeah and then comes back or goes into another thing, then it goes to you, this new kind of designer, and that you you do your magic, and then you put it out again. Yeah, then instead of a circle, it becomes kind of an an eight or something, you know? It becomes like two circles that just... (laughs) Maybe there's a day when we start calling it like Chanel version three. (laughs) Something like that. I think that's possible. I would totally up. I would to only be up for it. I think you have like, I think you have like sorority girls who call like Chanel number one, Chanel number two, Chanel number three. It's like <laughs> it's just getting flowers. I would love to be Chanel number three. <laughs> yes, or yeah. No, but it's good. I think it's really interesting, especially also what I was thinking about just in, you know, for instance, if you buy something in Joyce or in another store or directly from me. That when you don't want it anymore, you don't want to wear it, just please don't throw it away. Just either sell it back or we give you a discount to get something new or, you know, you pay a little bit extra. So we recreate it so that it stays in that loop. And it would be actually great if, if it starts with like buying Chanel, then the customer doesn't want it anymore. Then it goes to me, then it goes back, you know? Well, as long as it yeah, stays in for the sure. Loop, no. The dirty little secret on that is that A you never lose conversation with the customer. You know, they don't veer off to someplace else. They're always in your community. And the other thing is you can also create more revenue. It's a new revenue stream. There's a few people doing that, and the ones who are doing it are doing it very well. It's not easy. It takes a long time to get the system down, but it's possible for sure. And with talented people like yourself, it's definitely the future. Well, I think it's sustained in a way, right? It's just so important to know your customer and and build a relationship. Also, because these are luxury pieces, it's not... It's not just something, you know, and I I think... Yeah, it'll be a good way to think about the future. Yeah. So before we stop, I want to ask you, so, you know, Joyce is about living curiously and living connected. How do you live curiously and connected? I don't know. I think I'm always curious. Basically, at this point, I think it's very, very important to look around you rather than be on that computer. Because, I mean, what is curiosity when uh, there's a whole um, 
database, no, not a database, but the thing that just that they know what you like, you know. So basically, if you go to Google and you say blue, they will show all these kind of blues yes. that you like because they just know it. So how does that fulfill curiosity in a way? Like it is possible, but it's making it harder and harder. So I guess uh, what I do a lot is that I Google on different people, their computers. So basically, if I want to search something, I'll just take somebody else's laptop and I just start searching for it because it becomes Google just gives you a completely different perspective on what you are looking for, which is great. great. And then curiosity for me is obviously looking into pieces that Joyce sent me, um, you know, seeing the insides of jackets, like the linings, the material. And how do you live connected I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm connected uh, with the people in my studio. And then I'm also connected on uh, WhatsApp. I really <laughs> found it very... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if, if I go really back to myself, connection is, to be honest, connecting yes. for me is just connecting with myself. It's, yes. just, it's just being home, yes. you know, uh, reading a book or I don't even read that many books. But I mean, just being at home and, and watching, like staring at a wall uh, for an hour would be connecting with myself so I'm actually most happiest when I'm alone you know they say that some of the world's greatest thinkers did that that they do nothing no really it's good for your mind and I guess it's also that's also part of curiosity in the end of course because we're just thinking and it's just you know hours hours fly by yeah that that's a lovely way you're connecting right there you're connecting with what's right in front of you. You know, yeah. some of the big philosophers say too, you just connect with what's right in front of you. There's yeah. never nothing. No, there is never nothing. <laughs> and actually, my, like literally my phone got stolen last Friday. So I hadn't had a phone for like four or five days. And it actually just, you know, like being on my bike or, you know, you're just like looking around you and like, hmm, it's actually really nice to not have a phone. Uh, like, and you just, and you just see everybody on this phone, and you're like, you're missing out. <laughs> yes, I know. I ride my bike a lot, and it's really good yeah. to do things that you can't be on the phone with. No, <laughs> Duran, it was so nice to talk to you. I can't. When no, do you know when the collection comes out? Um, I think beginning of August. So I mean, either this week or next week. That's going to be such a big deal. Oh, happy! I'm really happy that that I'm doing this uh, collaboration with Joyce. It's just... Yeah, there could not have been a better time. No, exactly. And they have amazing brands, so that's just, like, really great. Yeah. I'm sure all the brands that you've you've repurposed will be really happy with what you've done. I hope so. I mean, I really hope so. (laughs) There are so many lessons to be learned from Duran, both in his mythology and technique. I think if we all revisited our childhood dreams more often, the world would be a very different place. If we all looked at the clothing as an opportunity for self-expression and reimagination, instead of a disposable item, it would be healthier for the planet and we would most probably be more joyful. Thank you for listening to Live Curiously, Live Connected by Joyce.